Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Knox Pride podcast. I'm so excited. I completely forgot we were on episode 10. We got to double digits, bud. Yeah, look at us. We are just gay Knoxville celebrities now. I mean, you've always been, but I'm new to it. Hush. (laughs) Also... It's Pride Month! Yay! Pew, 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 pew! So excited to be queer during Pride Month. It's like, I don't know, heterosexuals during, like, I don't know, Old Navy's khaki <laughs> It's like sale. straight people during March Madness. <laughs> I love it! This is our March Madness! This is our March Madness. Oh my god, why did we not think of that? I don't know. This, that's gonna be another t-shirt design for us or something. We've been celebrating all month. Last night... We went to River and Rail Theater Company to see Fun Home. That was... I did not know anything about the the play. And, you know, I was a little skeptical. Because I've never been to a play or anything like that. But that was... It was a beautiful, heart-wrenching play. It was so good. I didn't... I was aware of Fun Home when it came out. And I watched the 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 year that it came out they were nominated for a tony oh wow and the actress who played uh young allison sang the song about um the delivery person and their ring of keys yeah and and so i knew that the main character was lesbian but i did not know anything else about the plot and i don't want to spoil it for anybody who might see it i guess this this episode does come out while it's still running, so we won't spoil anything, but it's so good. The cast is so talented. Um, there are children in the show that are just, like... Phenomenal. The most talented little kids I've ever seen. It's such a good show. We highly recommend you go see it. But see, I don't know, I can't remember who played the smallest child, but when they came out and started singing and do- acting, I was blown away with how good they were so good and it runs through the 18th so if you're listening to this in the first couple days it comes out you still have a chance to go see it what else is going on we had a great pride market this month and that's the first sunday of every month while it's warm out so make sure you come out for that the one knocks uh soccer benefit that they threw for us i didn't get to go to that how was that it was really fun uh jd went with us um so it was me jd john uh, Dustin and our kids, and it was really cool. Like I've like never really watched soccer, I guess, but it was it was really fun. Like Dustin and I got to watch the last ten minutes of the first quarter, and it was like, this is so amusing. Like I love it. I don't know. It's just like my brain thinking now. I'm like, I love that they don't use their hands. I'm like, that's the point of soccer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It was, it was, it was actually really fun, um, but <laughs> I think I broke JD over here, but the zoo was still by far my favorite. Oh yeah, we did the zoo also. A lot has happened since the beginning of June, and, Even, and we're only nine days in. <laughs> I know. It's like, we don't do the festival anymore in June, but it's still... There's still so much. It's so hectic, but it's so much fun. Like, we're exhausted, but it's so much fun yeah. to do it. Well, and I've been busy... Personal shout out to French Fried Vintage, uh, where I work. We opened our new spot over in Emory Place uh, this past weekend, the same weekend as the zoo, and it was an incredible weekend. Thank you for everyone who came out to shop, and please come visit us. Come visit me. It's a beautiful shop, yeah. I remember before it officially opened uh, to come pick you up a couple times, I was like, this is, this is nice. You got a little sneak peek. This is nice. (laughs) I said, okay, this is backstage stuff right here. Like, I loved it. So yeah, if you want to check out French Fried, um, it's a great shop. It's vintage finds. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. I love being there. Oh, I guess we want to say that like we're using a new mic. Oh yeah, for this we episode. did forget. So we are. We had a few more guests this episode than we typically have, and um, to accommodate, we had to use a different microphone uh, that we all just shared essentially that sits in the middle of the table. And so if it sounds a little bit different than our previous episodes, that is why. Uh, we're Nothing's broken. We're just trying new things out. <laughs> and if you absolutely hate it, let us know and we'll never do it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this podcast is for you all. Like, we are here to I, I hopefully entertain and inform you all. Um, so any new ideas or suggestions that you think we should do or have or stop doing, uh, let us know. You can... Visit us on Instagram, email us at 
uh, podcast at knoxpride.com. But give us your feedback, please. Yes. And also, before we get to the interview portion of this episode, I do want to remind you guys that we have unlocked direct listener support. Uh, so if you guys wanted to toss any kind of fundage our way, we would love that. It would go right back into the podcast. We have a, a lot of fun ideas that we want uh, to share with you guys. We just don't necessarily have the finances right now to execute them. So anything that you sent us would go towards that. And also we would love if you would like and uh, review, rate this podcast. Yeah, so let's get to know our guests a little bit more. Yeah, we sat down with Kaylin, who started uh, Rainbow Teens, which you'll learn about in the interview, and their mother, Stephanie, and also Tracy, who is sort of like the teen liaison and represents Knox Pride with Rainbow Teens. Uh, so please give this interview a listen, and we hope you enjoy. All right, everybody, we are here with Kaylin, Tracy, and Stephanie from the Rainbow Teens. Hello, you all. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. So happy to have you all here. We just want to talk with you all and get to know you all a little bit better. Um, Obviously, we know Tracy pretty well, um, but as for Kaylin and Stephanie, we don't really know them too good, so we would like to get to know you all a little bit better. I hope you brought some juicy mysteries (laughs) with you. (laughs) All right, so let's start with Kaylin, because Kaylin is the founder of Rainbow Teens. Yes. Um, Kaylin, when uh, was Rainbow Teens established, and how did it come about? So... The social group was established in August of 2021, and initially it was for my Girl Scout Silver Award. I wanted to do something to help out the LGBTQ community, especially the community of like teens, because I knew there's a lot of teens out there who didn't have a lot of support, Yeah. and so I wanted to find a way to support them, and I couldn't find a way that wasn't like tons of work. And so I think it might have been your idea to do the social group to help teens just be able to meet other people like them and to be able to just, like, interact with people their Mm -hmm. age that have the same experiences. I would have given probably just about anything to have had rainbow teens in way back in 1996 when I, when I was a teenager I had I mean I had supportive friends but they also didn't they had no idea what I was going through they just were supportive you know and to to have, have had a group of friends who are sort of having the same struggles as me and going through that would have just been amazing so congratulations on just even even starting it in the first place and Thank now you. it's been a couple years and it's going strong yes. that's amazing but see, I know. I remember, like in high school, we were going to start a GSA. Did y'all have that in high school when you were around? No, no. you did, Kaylin. Yeah. I have a GSA at my school. That's awesome. I wish that was more of a thing. We had a drama right club. That's basically where all the gay kids congregated. <laughs> yeah, same. Drama club. Same. Well, I know that. I mean, the high school that I used to work with at my previous job. They were like, yeah, you can have a GSA as long as you can convince a teacher to, like, take responsibility for it. Yeah. And, like, there were lots of teachers that were supportive of it. There were a lot of teachers that weren't. But, like, teachers already do a heck of a whole lot. Right. Like, that would mean, like, them having to stay late and having to, like, corral kids that may or may not be their actual responsibility. And, like, you know, it's it's... Yeah, the onus is on the kids, which it shouldn't be that way, you know? Yeah. We should be looking out for them. It was a completely different experience when I was in high school. I mean, I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) I graduated in 96. um, And when I was in high school, anybody who was suspected of being gay was bullied, beat up. Yeah. And they had to hide. And a lot of the kids that I knew who were gay in high school would beat people up for calling them gay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They had to be the opposite. Yeah. And, you know, the ones who were brave enough to be themselves in high school were horribly treated. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I saw that when growing up. And so when she came out, I was terrified. (laughs) Yeah. I think we've learned from speaking with other guests and our own experiences as queer teenagers 
Uh, it seems like if there was another gay kid in your school back in the day, you had to be mean to them in order for somebody to not suspect that you were gay or gay together or, you know, like, I know that I, there was somebody who was queer in my school and we hated each other and it if we had just been allowed to be seen together and not been ridiculed, we probably would have been really close, but it just wasn't possible back then, you know, so. It was almost like you had to do that thing they used to do back in, like, the 30s and 40s, like, are you a friend of Dorothy? Like, you couldn't be seen talking to each other, but there there was, like, a, like, a keyword, like. Yeah. Even if it wasn't spoken out loud, like, you, like, everybody, you, you kind of just click together, and like, you just know that, hey, we're both queer, and we can't be seen talking to each other, you know, or even being friends. You just had to keep it on the low. So Stephanie, this next question is for you. So can you tell us what being a parent to somebody in the rainbow, rainbow teens like means to you? Well, when she first came out, she had only been out probably like six or seven months before she created the group. Mm -hmm. It was new. And for her, for us, um, and, I was, like I said, I was terrified, not because she was gay or bi, yeah. <laughs> um, but because I knew what the world was like yeah. and I didn't want her to face that. Um, and so her being in the group and starting the group was as much for her as it was for giving back to the community. And it was so wonderful to see her connect with other kids that were had that same experience and yeah. that she could just connect with and be completely herself with. So three months after you came out, you started this group. Yeah. It was like 20 years after I came out of the closet <laughs> before I did anything good for the community. <laughs> so you're, you are on the right track. Yeah. This generation, this, this, these younger generations are going to change the world. They're fearless. Make it better. Yeah. Yeah. You're fearless, Kaylin. What badass. is the, um, this isn't a prepared question. Sorry to catch you off guard, but <laughs> what is the age range for people in rainbow teens? Um, the age range right now is 13 to 16. Originally it had been like a bit more of a range, but we found that like older members like couldn't connect as well with other people yeah and so we kind of narrowed the age range but now it's basically like from like eighth grade up to like 10th grade i would okay. say okay do you think when you get a little older you might start like a young adults group and and sort of like pass the rainbow teens on to someone else or yeah i could definitely see doing that cool that's awesome uh tracy Yes. What uh, is your involvement with Rainbow Teens and how did it begin? Yeah, so a little, about a year ago at this point, um, I knew that Rainbow Teens existed. I knew that it had started at South Press and then slowly moved over here to the center once the center got up and running because you all outgrew the space, which is incredible. And I knew that the parents would meet in one side of the center and the teens would meet on the other and John came to me and, they, and he just said, hey, what are you doing every other Friday? Will you just come and hang out in the room with the teens so there is someone there, an adult there to manage anything that may come up, but, you know, still just letting them be who they are in the space. Um, and because, you know, it's it's just helpful to sort of have that like extra little person that isn't the parent, isn't another family member. And I just, I just hang out with them. Most of the time it's just me in the corner, like working on earrings or <laughs> on my phone and just letting them hang out and laugh and, you know, um, be themselves. Sometimes we do activities. Sometimes I bring stuff. Sometimes I bring other people in to lead stuff with them, but really it's just for them to have two hours to just be together. Sometimes you guys come to bingo. That was a lot of fun. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That last bingo was really fun. I really enjoyed that because it seemed like all of the the teens and like the younger kids were having like a really fun time and it was it was really cool to have you all there i really enjoyed it and so kaylin what were since it's been going on now rainbow teens for almost two years what were the the earlier days in rainbow teens so when it first started we actually met at south press like tracy said because the center wasn't up and running and we knew it was a good space for queer people um, and at first it was really, like, small. It was only probably, like, six kids that came every time. Yeah. But eventually, like, the word got out and, like, 
the group got too big for South Press and the hours changed and so we moved over here to the center. But in the early days it was like very um very intimate because there was not very many people yet. And so we all kind of just like sat at a table together and drank coffee and like colored or did activities and stuff like just like fun activities like that. That seems fun though. Like I yeah. would love to yeah. be like I I want to do it now with like queer adults. Yeah. Like just like chill. Can I guess we, I guess we can kind we of do that all the time. time. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> we're always at South Press. We're always drinking coffee. We're always hanging out with each other. So I guess we do kind of have a. a queer adult meetup just in the mornings <laughs> yeah. and on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays <laughs> just all the time it was a little different in the beginning too because in order to get the word out for the group yeah we had to advertise for it but I also was very aware of the safety of these kids right and so I only advertised it in really safe spaces that mm -hmm. I knew were super accepting and private. And so that ended up being local homeschool groups on Facebook that okay. I knew that were open and accepting and were safe and on my private Facebook page. Yeah. Um, and so most of the kids who originally came were all homeschooled. Yeah. <laughs> so they had that in common as well. Um, so that's how it started originally was because I didn't want to just put out word globally. Yeah. Because the current climate in the right, south right. i was very aware of the kids safety from the very beginning and it's always been high on my list of keeping the kids safe yeah. um and that's why we're so grateful that tracy is here for the kids because we want the kids to be able to just be themselves right and not have to worry about you know they're allowed to swear they're allowed to do whatever oh, like, yeah. be what they want to be yeah. like you know so having a parent in there checking on them all the time was kind of stifling their creativity they're being themselves mm -hmm. and so when while tracy's here they they look at her as just a, a friend yeah and yeah, like, yeah. and them. i'm glad for that and i mean like i said earlier you know like teachers that you know forming a gsa at a high school like it's still putting the onus on the kids to like do the work and like me being there means that like you said they don't the onus is not on them to keep themselves safe i'm there and if i need to text you or text another parent go like hey you know, this is happening. Should I do anything? Should I not do anything? And like, they're always safe and good. But oh, yeah, I joke with them all the time because they'll like say things every once in a while. And they'll look at me for a reaction. And I was like, I promise you, there's nothing you can say that's gonna shock me. You can say whatever. It's fine. <laughs> and they are teenagers. So you know, there right. is the typical teenage drama that comes up with friendships and you know, whatever. And absolutely, you know, so it's great to have somebody who's responsible on that side yeah. there to be able to step in and handle that. You know, I never really thought about kids that are homeschooled mm -hmm. needing somewhere to go. Like, it never crossed my mind that, you know, they don't see other teens and kids on a regular basis. So it's like, it's never crossed my mind, but that's, that was a really good idea on how to you know, make more of an outreach. That's what her, I mean, she was homeschooled all the way up until this year when she started her freshman year. And so, you know, we were involved in different co-ops and meetups and things like that. But, you know, unfortunately, a lot, most of the homeschool co-ops around this area are Christian-based, church-based. Mm -hmm. And so you're not really allowed to completely be yourself. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wanted to bring in those kids who needed that support. Yeah, that's fantastic. You guys should have a t-shirt that says Rainbow Teens, you can cuss here. <laughs> that should be your merch. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm into that. I that would, would definitely cool. wear that shirt. Stephanie, well, Tracy said earlier that when the kids are meeting in one space, the parents are usually meeting in the next space. Can you kind of tell us, like, has that sort of formed, like, your own little friendship group? Like, do you guys have, like, a Rainbow Teen parent situation now? We really do. And it really happened the same meeting that their first meeting was. Um, all the parents stayed at South Press during the meeting. They had their own space in the back corner and the parents all sat down at the table and like, we all just immediately clicked. And like that core group of parents that originally started the group, we may all not be in the group now because yeah. our kids have aged out or, you know, just left the group for whatever reason. Um, all of those parents were still very much connected, very much, you know, close. Um, you know, I even roped 
one of your favorite people, Christy, into like kind of <laughs> co-owning the group with us um, and helping out and before we passed it all off to the center. Yeah. Um, so it's been amazing to see the friendships that the parents have yeah. developed also because we're all going through the same thing as parents. Like, how do we support our kids yeah. through all of this? Because anybody who's here wants to support their kids. Yeah. I think that's great though to like, cause obviously yes, the, the kids are going through a transition in their life where they're no longer, you know, you're phasing out of being kids and going into being young adults. So like they still have to figure out their lives, but also their inner gay lesbian yeah. trans life. And like, it's, it's rough. And like, obviously your parents are there to hopefully support you in your journey so I think that's great that other parents that may not be handling it or accepting it as well have other adults there that are like, listen, you know, my my kid's been here for a year now and like, you know, it's really helped their mental state or like, you know, their development. So I think that's great that the parents have something that they can, you know, come to as well. And Kaylin has heard that from a lot of the parents who've come to her and said, like this group has been so amazing for our family for my child and I've seen it firsthand um Kaylin obviously is not trans but a lot of the group is trans and it's been so important for those parents of the trans kids to connect because especially of what's happening in Tennessee and the country and they have a very different path than someone whose child is bi yeah you know and so it's very important for them to have connected and those friendships have been very strong too yeah um and it's great because i have learned so much <laughs> like, right um you know when she came out i had always been an ally but i was never involved in the community yeah and i have learned <laughs> so much since yes. the very beginning <laughs> And, like, we'll still have conversations on something, and I'll be like, okay, wait, I need you to explain this to me. Again, please. <laughs> don't get mad at me. I don't understand. Just explain it. And, like, it's been amazing, like, how much I've learned and just by being in the group and listening. And That's, that's interesting to hear because, <clears throat> what, I mean, I came out when I was a teenager, and it was the, like, mid to late 90s. And I couldn't explain to my mom things because I didn't know anything because there wasn't the internet and there wasn't, there just wasn't, there there weren't the resources to learn about queer culture. It existed, but it only existed in pockets, you know? And so now I'm sort of going through that same thing with my mother, even though I've been queer for over two well I've been queer my whole life but I've been out for over two decades and and out to my mom for over two decades but it's only now that she can be like but what what about this and this and this and I can be like oh okay well that's why this happens you know and she's becoming quite woke and I'm very proud of it (laughs) I mean I can I can definitely say I'm a very different parent to now than I was two years ago um even and when she was little, she'll tell you, I was super strict. Yeah, I was, I was like, she'd never, like to this day, she has never watched an episode of Spongebob. I was that parent. <laughs> so like, she was very sheltered. Um, I kept, she didn't watch most adult type TV shows. I made sure that any books that she read were age appropriate. Mm-hmm. Like, I was that parent. <laughs> and so when she came out, it was like, she had just even learned that it was a thing yeah like that she could be um and you know after she came out we've had conversations that she's like i just thought there was something wrong with me and so like i have grown as a parent (laughs) and i'm a very different parent than i am than i was before that's also such a testament to like nurture versus nature like clearly you weren't like sharing all of the queer children's books and all that, you know, and it still happens, you know, so that is like, that is proof that it is something that you're just born with and it's not something that your surroundings create. We have met with um, some lawmakers and I've made that point to them because they're always like, you know, this culture influences kids and this and that. And I make that point to them and I'm like, listen, she didn't even know 
what gay was until she was, like, 11 years old. Yeah. I clearly remember, I remember this moment. We were watching Hulu, and a commercial came on for Las Vegas. And it was the commercial where two women went to Las Vegas to get married. And that commercial came on, and I saw her face. And I knew in that moment that she had didn't realize that gay was a thing before yeah. then. And I was like, wow, I've done a horrible job at, like, not being inclusive because I've always been an ally, but I didn't, like, we didn't have any close friends in the community. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a conversation that we had. And so when that commercial played, I remember the look on her face and I was waiting for the question, but she didn't ask that question because she's never been that kid to ask that question. She likes to research and read things on her own and then she'll come and ask questions. Yeah. And so that's what ended up happening. And that's how she kind of discovered that she wasn't broken, that yeah. she was bi. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She just had the, the realization that I'm not what I think I was. I'm not broken. I'm not damaged. <laughs> yeah. I'm not anything else. I'm yeah. just who I am. Just now yeah. I know what the word goes to how I feel. Exactly. And that makes sense because, I mean, yeah, if you don't have that growing up or you don't get exposed to that growing up, you... You don't know what that feeling is. Like, I remember having that feeling, and I'm just like, why do I find this man on TV so attractive? Of what I, well, what I thought was attractive, whatever that word meant to me back then, but it's, it's great to, you know, have that education or to have that aha moment and yeah. for your parent to be accepting. Yeah. yeah. Also, for the record, I'm not broken. I'm just bisexual. It's an awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that is also God, a great we're t-shirt. We're just gonna start turning out the t-shirts. I want to say real quick, like I admire both the parents and the teens so much because, like, I think the same thing is happening in both rooms. It just looks different, right? Because, like, I'm always really careful not to share what happens in the teens when they get together, but I think it's safe to say this like you know some teens come in and they know how to be social they're comfortable in a room with other people some teens come in and they're not and I've seen teens who are not comfortable become comfortable and I've also heard each other learn from each other and so the same thing is happening in both rooms it's just from different angles and for different purposes and I just admire all of you so much and it's just it's an honor to just be like a fly on the wall you know we kind of feel the same way the parents feel the same way about the kids yeah and how wonderful they all are yeah it's just building a better relationship with every with everyone yeah so kind of to piggyback on that Tracy like you saying that you've seen you know some more shy teens kind of open up what experiences did you kind of take away from that or like what other experiences do you have working with other youth yeah so I think one of the reasons John asked me to be the person that hangs out with the rainbow teens is so not my current job but my past job was working with teenagers so Mm -hmm. I was a coordinator for a program in a high school in south at south Doyle actually in in south Knoxville where we are right now um and so I have countless hours of training on like just how to connect with someone who's younger, how to listen, how to understand ACEs, how to understand different behaviors. And I'm not an expert by any means, but I've just been in that space for many, many years. And I've been thrown into a room with 20 something teens that don't know me yeah and and I've had to learn how to just meet them on their level or at the very least just like, if you're comfortable, if, if you're putting that out there, they're going to be comfortable with you. And I was also really quick to just be like, look, here's who I am and I'm here for you. You can talk to me if you want to. You can never say a word to me if you don't want to. That's cool. But I'm just here for you if you need me. And um, yeah, I think it's just about listening, meeting them where they're at and letting them know that they're safe. Not only by saying that, but to just showing them that. Again, like, you know, letting them be themselves. So uh, another kind of like off the topic question, uh, Kaylin, like, what was it like having Tracy come in as like 
more or less like a, a supervisor almost. Um, what was it like kind of meeting Tracy and then, you know, now with her being involved with Rainbow Teens for a year? I think when she first came, it was very relieving because since I started the group, I was kind of like just became in charge of like kind of managing the kids in mm -hmm. a way like and I would have to inform the parents like if something was happening but like it was very relieving to know like somebody else would be in there and that would be taken off of my shoulders and I could more enjoy time with the other kids there yeah well, that's good so what is is there like a mission statement for rainbow teens like what what is the like the main goal of rainbow teens so there isn't really like a main mission I would just say, like, it's to just be a safe space for teens to just connect with each other and just, like, kind of take a break and enjoy, like, time with people like themselves and to be able to get the support and acceptance that they need. I think that's more or less what our mission is. Yeah, that's a great mission. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. What, um, Kaylin, what would you say to somebody who is interested in Rainbow Teens, but maybe a little bit nervous or shy about it? I would say I understand definitely how it feels to be nervous or shy about um, joining something like that because I, I'm definitely a person who gets nervous about, like, new experiences. But I'd say, like, everybody in the group is very supportive and very welcoming and also can be very loud. But <laughs> so, like, they do need to be aware of that but like it's a very welcoming space and any kid who comes in is immediately like introduced to everybody like everybody lines up to introduce each other and like give each other pronouns like and everything like it's very welcoming and so like even if you're nervous like kind of once you see the atmosphere it kind of like just goes away God, I want to join Rainbow see. Teens. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I will also say, too, like, sometimes there are teens that come in that are really nervous. Sometimes they sit next to me, and they talk to me the whole time before they feel comfortable talking to somebody else, which is fine. But sometimes they just come and sit in the corner, and they're on their phone. And what's really great about it is, like, no one bats an eye about that. Yeah. They're like, yeah, they're here. They're doing the thing that they need to do for themselves. And I think not... I think it's more than just being social. It's also just like, oh, you mean that like no one's asking me like, why aren't you talking to anybody? Yeah. You know, it's like you can just be you. Yeah. In the moment, whatever you space. need. And just share space. Exactly. And so if you are nervous about coming, like just give it a try. If it's not for you, that's also okay. But just give it a try. And if it's just sitting in silence and just observing, you can do that. But that's also like... The best kind of friendship sometimes. Like, Tracy, you and I sometimes just share space. Yeah. We just sit in the same room and do our own thing, but we sit in the same room together. And... It's that energy. Yeah. Yep. Like, you, you get that energy off of everybody. Like, when all of our friends were hanging out at the house, we may not be doing anything but watching a movie, but it's that energy that kind of ties us together. Yep. And it, it's just a great time. I remember one of the teens at one point... You know, was being trying to come out of their shell a little bit and told me, I have a really hard time starting conversations. And I went, Guess what? You just started a conversation with me by saying that. That's all it takes. Yeah. You know, that's all it takes because everyone in this room wants to start that conversation with you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost 30 years old and I hate starting conversations. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Me too. I'm very shy. <laughs> You're probably the. <laughs> the least shy person I have ever met in my life. I kind of want to kind of piggyback off of that for a second with Stephanie. Is it kind of the same way with the parents? Like they're a little bit shy or don't want to open up or do they kind of just jump into it? Because, I mean, they're here for a reason. So how does that kind of play out with the parents? I think it can be both ways. Okay. Um, we have had some reluctant parents who bring their kids for the experience but aren't necessarily happy about it yeah and sometimes those parents sit in their cars during the whole meeting and that's fine um and sometimes they just jump right in and you know 
become one of us. Like, yeah. I feel like it's almost like a parent club. Um, <laughs> it is, know, absolutely. They, you know, they just jump in and become one of us. And um, we kind of just do the same thing. They come in, we introduce ourselves, we ask what who their kids are, what their kids' pronouns are, because we're all very... We try very hard to get pronouns correctly. Yeah. And it sometimes can be hard because they're ever-changing in the group. Because <laughs> they're still experiencing and learning the who they changes. are. Um, so sometimes they come to group one week with a name and the next week their name has changed. Yeah. And that is perfectly fine. We just have to learn. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's been a growing experience, I think, for all of the parents. And to find a group of parents that, you know, aren't scared. Um I mean, we all started scared and obviously we're scared of the political climate, but we're yeah. not scared that our kids are, are queer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you all have become so involved with Knox Pride outside of the group too, which is just, it, I mean, I'm not surprised because you all are amazing, but it's also, you know, it's just so impressive that you've just embraced it so much. And I think we've, we've sort of proved ourselves to John. <laughs> when yeah. we first started, when we first came over, Kaylin had to sit down and have a meeting with John in order to get approved to run the group here. And I having conversations with him afterwards, he wasn't sure about us. <laughs> um, and he attended the first group. And once he saw how supportive the parents were, he was like, yeah, I don't need to worry. Um, yeah. He kind of let us you know, handed the reins back over to us for a little bit until it grew too much. Um, and we, from the very beginning, all just jumped in to try to help. We threw a baby shower for local homeless um, young people who were pregnant and yeah. expecting. And, like, we all just jumped in right from the very beginning to try to help. And um, some of us are able to help more than others, um, but we all try to help in some sort of way. Yeah. I feel like also starting the group has also kind of opened up people who weren't quite involved with the community to be involved. Like, since I had started it as a Girl Scout project, my troop has actually gotten involved with Knox Pride before. Like, just um, this weekend, we had done some volunteering, cleaning up, like, the outside of the center and stuff. And, like, through the troop knowing about it, it exposes all of the parents from the troop who then tell people about it, like, that they know. And so it's helped to expose, like, other people to the community and get people involved as well. Yeah. And that's great. So this next one is going to kind of be, like, a two-parter. So, Stephanie, what are some of the positive changes you've seen in Kalem since the group started? I uh, just, her confidence has just bloomed. Yeah. Some of that has come from age and, you know, going from homeschooling to public schooling, but a lot of that has just been learning to accept who she is. Um, and, you know, when she first started the group and it got big and parents were, would come up to her and say, you know, thank you so much for starting this, she would downplay it and be like, it's really not that big a deal. I didn't do anything. Like, it's not that big a deal. And now she owns that. She's like, yeah. I started this group and it's become this whole thing and I'm really proud of that. And yeah. like she's she's just come into her confidence. You I should be. And you just know you have a college essay you already done. Right. Like yes. you need to if you're gonna go to college, you you need to tell them this story because they are gonna scoop you up like that. Well, it's a an, huge impact you've made for your community. That's an extracurricular. Like, I didn't join a group. I started yeah. a yeah. group. Yeah. So, Kaylin, what are some positive you've seen with Stephanie uh, since you started the group? I think I've just seen, like, a lot. Like, she's learned a lot more about the community and become a lot more open to learning about the community. Like, and... Like, with my... I have a younger brother, too. And he is so much more exposed to the community than I was. And I'm honestly really grateful for that. And, like, I think it's great that, like, by starring the group, it's, like, exposed you to the community more and, like, allowed you to see, like, oh, like, I need to, like, help out and stuff and gotten you involved with the community and like to teach my brother about it too like I think that 
It's a really big change. I don't even bat an eye now, like, when my four-year-old son wants to wear tutu and be a ballerina. Like, it's maybe three years ago I would have paused at that. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, be you. Yeah. Like, you do you. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I do <laughs> But I also have to say, her grandmother lives with us as well. And her grandmother has been super amazing at, like, learning and, like, wanting to be inclusive. She doesn't understand any of it, really. She doesn't really get it, but she wants to be inclusive. So, like, when some of her friends come over, she'll say to Kaylin, what's their pronouns? Mm -hmm. Like, and she'll ask, and she'll, like, be really, like, she'll be very careful about being correct on the pronouns and, like, being inclusive. Yeah. Even though she doesn't really get it. (laughs) Yeah. I still think it's just about being respectful. Yeah. Like, you may not understand or agree with something, but I think what it really boils down for to anybody is that you just have to be respectful and, you know, making sure everybody is still comfortable without, you know, making them feel unease. And I, I love that, that your grandmother is involved. That's so, that's so cute. Um, I think we've just got one last question. It's kind of for everybody. What do you guys want to see in the future for Rainbow Teens? So I actually do have a bit of a plan for expanding the group a bit. Um, Something I've seen like with myself and with other people in group is that it can be a bit overwhelming since, like I said, a lot of people in the group are very loud, very like extra and a lot of the people who come have, like, are neurodivergent in some way. And so it just, like I said, overwhelms them. And so I have plans on creating, like, a sort of branch of the group that will be more sensory friendly for the people who want the support and want the group but can't quite come because, like, it's just too overwhelming and just overloading for them and so I want to help them because they need support just as much as anybody else does and I don't want to deny them the support because our group isn't um it's too overwhelming so I wanted to create sort of sensory friendly group where like we'll have the lights dimmed and like maybe calming music playing in the background and like just be more open to like autistic and neurodivergent kids so that they can have the same experience. That's really good too, because like there are people out there like myself who I might come one week and I might want to talk and I might want to goof off and I might want to have fun. And then I might come back the next time and I might have something on my mind and I might need to just be quiet and I might need calming music and things like that. So I think a variety like that is really great. Yes. I want to, let the group be as diverse and inclusive as possible. And I think this is the next step in making it as open to everybody in the community as possible. I love that. I think, I I feel like that's what our community is supposed to be about, you know, is we, we were the people that were kind of pushed off to the side and quote unquote, the black sheep of everybody's family. So like to be more inclusive is the goal is to make everybody feel comfortable, make everybody feel safe, make everybody feel like they're heard. So I feel like whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. And I applaud you for, for your courage to do this. Thank you. And I got to tell you, the more young people we have on the podcast, the more hope I have for the future, honestly. I agree. Well, thank you. You should come sit in our group one day and see. We should do that. So much hope. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll just, I'll, when we're together next time, I'll be like, hey, what if James and Matt come came and just sat next to me and hung out and I'll see what everybody says. I'm sure that they would be okay with it. And yeah. Yeah. We've as been long invited as, to the group. As long as, <laughs> as long as like I can give them a heads up, everybody's really welcoming. Well, I love that. I mean, we're hip. Yeah. We're young. <laughs> we're cool. We can fit in. I'm 42 years young. You guys can't see this, but uh, JD is over here laughing when I said that we're young <laughs> and hip. So, um, but we greatly appreciate you all being here today. It was great to get to finally know Kayla and Stephanie a little bit better 
than we have before, but we're just really excited that you guys could all be here today. Yes, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Do yes. you guys want to give any more info about Rainbow Teens or anything for our listeners? Or they can just visit knoxpride.com. Do you want to tell them the date for the new group? Um, yes, the new group is going to be starting July 7th. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, the name of the group is, um, she decided on Rainbow Serenity. Love it. Oh. Um, so it's still a part of the Rainbow Teen Group, but it's just an offshoot. Um, and it's once a month. Um, yes. Because she's learned, especially through her brother and herself, um, her brother has sensory issues, that being around so many people is really draining. Yeah. So she doesn't didn't want it to be every other week. So yeah. once a month. Um, I love that. For that. Um, and then she started a group, but I've also started a group, um, a parent group. Um, when, after she came out, I realized like how scared I was and how I didn't have any support, parent support. And so I wanted to help support those parents. And so I started a group um, that meets at Powell Presbyterian Church, which is a super inclusive, welcoming church um, for parents of kids who have come out who need support yeah. on how to parent their teens or just talk to another parent who's been through it. Um, and the reason that we meet Powell Presbyterian, twofold. One, because I knew that one most of the people who are going to come are going to be straight parents. Yeah. And I didn't want straight parents to take queer space from yeah. the queer community. And second, a church is is a safe place for most people that aren't really sure about the queer community yet. Yeah. And there's going to be some parents who their spouses aren't necessarily on board. And so they can come up with a story. Hmm. There's a Bible study tonight at this church I want to check out. Yeah. And they don't have to really know. That train of thought. (laughs) I love that. So good. I just, you know, they need support too. Yeah. Um, And the more support those parents have, the more support they'll give their kids. And so that's my goal for that. Um, and then eventually, once they get comfortable, then they can join the Rainbow Teen Group and get even more involved. And so that meets monthly at Powell Presbyterian. Amazing. As well. This is beautiful. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Well, excellent. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. Thank you. And uh, thank you. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, James, can you hand me that microphone cord on the bottom shelf? I sure can. Oh, no. I ripped a huge hole in my pants. Well, that's embarrassing. What am I going to do, Matt? I wish there was somewhere I could find reasonably priced work clothes in a pinch. Haven't you heard of the Knox Pride Thriftique? I haven't. What's that? The Knox Pride Thriftique offers unique vintage finds and your everyday clothing and accessory needs. Plus, every dollar spent helps fund programs at Knox Pride. That sounds pretty great, Matt. What are their hours? The Knox Pride Thriftique is open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Stop in or visit knoxpride.com for more information. Hey, Matt. Hey, James. I think it's time we tell our friends what's going on at Knox Pride. Yeah. So on Friday, June the 16th, we have the Rainbow Teen Social Club at 6 p.m. And we have Knox Pride and South Press Presents Bingo Trivia Night at 7 p.m. at South Press. On Saturday, June 17th, at 10 a.m., we have Knox Pride Volunteer Days. At 1 p.m., we have Knox Pride Presents the Trans Envy Support Group. And at 7 p.m., Knox Pride is the featured charity for Hard Knox Roller Derby at their bout at the World's Fair Exhibition Hall. On Sunday, June 18th, we have the Neurodivergent Pride event from 12 to 4 p.m. On Wednesday, June 21st at 6 p.m., we have Knox Pride Karaoke Nights at South Press. On Saturday, June 24th, we have Knox Pride Presents Pride Month Silent Disco at 8 p.m. On Sunday, June 25th at 5 p.m., we have the Mixed Knox Pride Pageant at Club XYZ. On Monday, June 26th, we have the Social Dance Knoxville at 6.30 p.m. On Tuesday, June 27th, we have Knox Pride Presents TTRPG One Shots with Story at 5 p.m. On Wednesday, June 28th, we have Knox Pride Karaoke Nights at South Press starting at 6 p.m. 
On Thursday, June 29th, we have KQYA Young Adult Meetup at 5.30 p.m. And at 6 p.m., we have Knox Pride and South Press presents the Evening Makers Market. That's at South Press. And on Friday, June 30th, we have Rainbow Teen Social Club at 6 p.m. And as always, for information on these and all other events, you can visit KnoxPride.com. What a great interview. I know, like, we don't really, I didn't really know personally Kaylin or Stephanie very well. Like, no. I, you know, I've seen them around, like, you know, Pride events, stuff like that, but I've never actually got to, I guess, really have, like, a conversation with them. So it was, like, really cool to to really get to know them a little bit better. And at 15, Kaylin is so far the youngest guest we've ever had, and they were so well-spoken. I know. I mean, Very to, impressed. To be that young... Because when they started Rainbow Teens, they were 13 years old. So. I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, I I wasn't doing that stuff at No, 13. I think I was still, like, sucking my thumb at 13. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> I, I apologize. I didn't know where James was going to go with that. Uh, <laughs> but I, 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 I mean, I, I want to say I agree, but I didn't suck my thumb until I was 13. <laughs> I think, I don't know, I was re- doing math at 13, like I was doing... Watching Power Rangers? Don't get me started, that's a whole other episode. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that that was great. And obviously we know Tracy, like, that's one of our best friends. Um, so it was, I guess it was really good just to... Just to get to know folks. Yeah. And we've never had three people on at once, so that was a fun experience as well. Yeah. So again, we hope you all enjoyed this episode on this on this new mic. But we would still like for you to please uh, rate and review wherever you're listening to podcasts at. James and I have a few ideas that are swirling around in our brains. So we definitely want all the feedback we can get. We also have been discussing uh, merch and we've decided it's probably time for us to release a little bit of of merch for you guys uh, and we were just wondering if you all had any ideas on anything we also thought it would be fun to run a little contest like maybe you guys submit some design ideas and then we pick a winner and the winner gets to come be on the podcast or something like that uh we're just batting ideas around so if you guys have any ideas or suggestions or if you want to create something for us we would love that um you can send it to us at podcast at com. Yeah, because we, we have so many ideas and so many directions we want to go, but we can't decide on one. So instead of picking one of ours, we want to pick one of yours. Um, so we would love to see your amazing design artworks for our merch. I think that's probably about it for this episode, Matt. Yeah. Well, James, it's always been a pleasure to record with you. Always a pleasure. And thank you all for listening. And until next time, we see you. We hear you. And, and we, we love, love you. you. Knox Pride Podcast is produced by J.D. Davis, Matt Navarro-Camp, and James Owens with recording and engineering by J.D. Davis. Knox Pride Podcast is a community-driven effort, and we need your help. Please email us at podcast at knoxpride.com with any questions, ideas for guests, or suggestions on content. And don't forget to follow us at Knox Pride Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Knox Pride Podcast is brought to you by Knox Pride Network with funding from the United Way. Thanks Thanks for for listening. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Knox Pride.